Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, host of Bachelor Nation News. We got your pop culture all in one spot on this Thirsty Thursday, September 21st. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. That's right, folks. Enjoy the weather out there. It's our last full day of summer. I know the kids are back in school, but summer has not ended yet. Tomorrow will be autumnal equinox. We'll have a nice little Friday where I guess that means the day and nights are equal, right? And every day for the rest of the year will get darker and darker until the uh, winter solstice. And uh, boy... This year is just flying by. You know what else is flying by? The Pleasantries with Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. This is going to be our lead story of the day. Sophie Turner sues Joe Jonas, demands kids be returned to England after being wrongfully detained post-split. This is a wild, wild story. Well, now we have Joe Jonas responding. So uh, Sophie Turner filed a lawsuit. Of course, she's of Game of Thrones fame. She's filming a new miniseries in England, and Joe Jonas of Jonas Brothers fame sired several children. Is that the right word? I don't know. I'm trying to use Game of Thrones words here. They have two kids. They just, they're going through a divorce. It's not pretty. In a lawsuit filed in a Manhattan court today, obtained by People Magazine, the Game of Thrones alum, 27, has requested that her two kids, Willa and a daughter identified in previous court docs as D, 14 months old, be returned to England. The complaint against estranged husband Joe Jonas calls for the immediate return of children wrongfully removed or wrongfully retained, and uh, Turner's legal team asserting the wrongful retention began on September 20th. So I guess, yes. Yesterday, maybe yesterday, she tried to get the kids to go back home with her, and he's like, no, not going to happen. Well, there's a little bit more to the story than just that, although we did see, you know, they are trending on Twitter X. Someone said, Sophie Turner taking down Joe Jonas after he spent two weeks having his PR people trash her name. Um, And that's the big story, right? That they were going through a breakup, and immediately... Joe Jonas, whether he uh, did this or his PR people did or random fans did, but they made it seem as if she's a bad mom while she's off in England and can't be bothered by her kids while he's raising them on tour. As it turns out, they mutually agreed that the kids would get better care with Joe Jonas right now because he's performing at night but has his daytimes free. Well, obviously things have changed. Uh, Joe initially surprised Sophie Turner with the divorce docs. I mean, this This is all relatively new. Apparently, they had agreed to raise the kids in their forever home in the UK. Now we've got Joe Jonas holding on to their passports. But wait, there's more. He has responded. I mean, and I'm saying this, I'm recording this around noon Pacific time, 11 a.m. Pacific time. So this information is coming out moments ago. Joe Jonas has responded. Sophie's crossed the line. Divorce judge says kids should stay put in the U.S. All right, it's getting a little more interesting. Joe Jonas has fired back at Sophie Turner, saying Sophie is the one who has crossed the line, violating an order by a Florida judge by trying to take their kids permanently to England. Joe's rep just issued a lengthy statement in response to Sophie's claim that Joe has abducted their kids by refusing to hand over their passports. Again, we don't even know if she used the word abducted or if that's just legal terminology. You know, if you have to check a box, why are you here complaining? Well, my husband's on tour with his boy band. I don't think that's an option on the multiple choice. 
Attributed to a representative for Joe Jonas, here's what was said. After multiple conversations with Sophie, Joe initiated divorce proceedings in Florida as Florida, Florida is the appropriate jurisdiction for the case. Sophie was aware that Joe was going to file for divorce. The Florida court has already entered an order that restricts both parents from relocating the children. Sophie was served with this order on September 6th, more than two weeks ago. Joe and Sophie had a cordial meeting this past Sunday in New York when Sophie came to New York to be with the kids. Of course, we reported that Sophie also also hung out with Taylor Swift, who is also Joe Jonas's ex. They have been with her since that meeting. Joe's impression of the meeting was that they had reached an understanding that they would work together toward an amicable co-parenting setup. Less than 24 hours later, Sophie advised that she wanted to take the children permanently to the UK. Therefore, she demanded via this filing that Joe hand over the children's passports so that she could take them out of the country immediately. If he complies, Joe will be in violation of the Florida court order. Joe is seeking shared parenting with the kids so that they are raised by both their mother and father and is, of course, also okay with the kids being raised both in the US and the UK. The children were born in the US and have spent the vast majority of their lives in the US. They are are American citizens. This is an unfortunate legal disagreement about a marriage that is sadly ending. When language like abduction is used, it is misleading at best and a serious abuse of the legal system at worst. The children were not abducted. After being in Joe's care for the past three months at the agreement of both parties, the children are currently with their mother. Sophie is making this claim only to move the divorce proceedings to the UK and to remove the children from the US permanently. Well, it's a fascinating and heartbreaking story and uh, one that we will continue to follow up on uh, as this information breaks. In other divorce news, and we'll get to some Bachelor content in a second, Danny Masterson, of course, just went, uh, just was convicted of, um, of multiple cases of rape uh, and was sentenced to jail. His wife, Bijou Phillips, files for divorce. Bijou Phillips lists the estranged couple's date of separation as TBD in the legal docs and says it was irreconcilable differences that led to the end of their marriage. She asked for spousal support, attorney fees, and that her legal name be restored to Bijou Phillips. Bijou wants legal and physical custody of their nine-year-old daughter and is willing to allow visitation for Danny. And um, in this case, people are wondering if maybe there's a political or financial reason why, why she's divorcing him, or of course, if she just stood by him to see if he would actually make it out. And then maybe, you know, he gets um, basically sentenced to life in jail, right? 30, 30 plus years. Uh, uh, she may, maybe she's just like, you know, had her come to Jesus moment and she's like, no, thank you. Either way, it's a fascinating and heartbreaking story. And boy, the breakups just continue. Uh, this next story is Katie Thurston sharing about her breakup with Blake Moynes. Now, as we know, they broke up several years ago, uh, but Blake and Katie will be reunited on this season of Bachelor in Paradise, if not romantically, at least to get closure. She said, don't forget to tune in next week to watch the season premiere of Bachelor in Paradise. And then Katie shared on her Instagram a screen grab from Blake Moynes. He said, FYI, I've known every time you've been taking an Uber for two years. And then he shared with Katie a a, a basically text messages that he gets alerts every time she's got an uber she says ha 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 omfg cry face emoji cry face emoji deleted lol my bad and then uh, also she said psa that uber has a great safety feature for sharing your location and just remember to remove your ex very funny stuff uh very good for the uh, blake and katie thurston that they're both able to have a laugh over an otherwise sad ending to their engagement. And in other news, it looks like 
we have some celebrity alumni excited to do Driving with Dave, and that's thanks to you guys. Claire Crowley, yes, she is a celebrity in our hearts and minds and uh, royalty in Bachelor Nation. She posted a Q&A, said, let's chat. And someone said, would you ever go on Driving with Dave Neal? And she said, would love to if he wants to come on a road trip up to the Bay Area. I will be there as soon as yesterday, Claire. Uh, no, I will maybe next month or so. Uh, Natasha, my wife and I, have been meaning to go visit friends who just relocated to Sacramento. And, uh, you know, in the Tesla, which basically drives itself, that's just a couple supercharges away from a fantastic conversation. We've got a lot lined up for you guys with regards to interviews here on Driving with Dave, which, of course, I release on this podcast uh, every Saturday. And then I also release on YouTube. I'm going to be interviewing Tino Franco. And let me tell you something. I'm going to press him on a lot of questions about fantasy suites, how it ended with Rachel Recchia. Was it cheating? I mean, I've got so many questions. I've also got Logan Palmer coming soon, of course. Logan Palmer abducted on his season of Bachelorette. Uh, he just randomly disappeared from the cruise line. Remember that? Is it an alien? What was it, folks? We are going to get to the truth of it with Logan Palmer. Don't you worry about that. We'll get all the information. And then also, I've got Chad from Game of Roses and my friend Cosette, who actually won a Supreme Court lawsuit against the President of the United States on behalf of TikTok. We will have that story and so many others on Driving with Dave as they come out. Let's do this. Let's go to a quick break. We'll do a word from our sponsors and then we'll be back with more Bachelor content right after this. All right, we're back and we have Pilot Pete in the news uh, for good reasons. He's going to be starring in season two of The Traders on Peacock. I don't know much about this show, but they do have some pretty big uh, alumni from the reality TV world. Parvati from Survivor. She won that multiple seasons. Johnny Banana from The Challenge. She's been basically everything. They have other members from Love Island, The Challenge, Big Brother, Bling Empire, Shaws of Sunset. It's a real who's who of who. Um, real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Orange County, Real World Las Vegas, Trishel. So they're going to have, I guess, I don't know how the show works, but it's called The Traitors. And um, did Ari win season one? He was on it at least. I didn't follow it. Too many reality shows out there. How can you follow all of it. In tomorrow's YouTube, and I'll probably have it over here as well, I've got a story on Caitlin Bristow. She says ex-Jason Tartik didn't protect her when posting moving video after the split. She said they agreed on protecting each other in the aftermath, but maybe that didn't happen. Again, I will have that content and uh, straight out of her mouth. We'll play exactly what she had to say on tomorrow's show. And hey, anyone have an extra $10 million hanging around? Bob Ross... His first painting from TV show is up for sale for nearly $10 million. If you haven't seen the Bob Ross um, documentary on Netflix, it's fascinating. An iconic piece of art from Bob Ross past is up for sale four decades after it was made, and it ain't going to come cheap. Bob's painting is titled A Walk in the Woods, painted on the first episode of his hit show, The Joy of Painting, where many first discovered his talent. The piece has Bob's signature in the bottom corner and is listed on Modern Artifact for $9,800. $150,000. People interested can make another offer if they'd like, but we're assuming it'll sell in that ballpark given its significance. Now, I'm, I'm guilty of shouting at you guys. Social media can be all about grabbing people's attention. But back in the day when I was growing up, there was a beautiful and soothing voice of Bob Ross. And if you're feeling stressed out today, just have a listen to this. Hi. I'm Bob Ross, and for the next 13 weeks, I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. I think each of us, sometime during our life, 
has wanted to paint a picture. I think there's an artist hid in the bottom of every single one of us. And here we will try to show you how to bring that artist out, to put it on canvas, because you too can paint almighty pictures. You know, we have avoided painting for so long because I think all of our lives we've been told that you have to go to school half your life, maybe even have to be blessed by Michelangelo at birth to ever be able to paint a picture. And here we want to show you that that's not true, that you can paint a picture right along with us. Each week we'll use the same colors, we'll use the same equipment. So if you have your brush and palette ready next week, you can paint right along with us. How about this? You know, we think of Bob Ross as a meme. You know, he's got the curly big hair and he's got the big glasses, this 80s look about him, you know. He's like a creative Unabomber, that's what he looks like. But, but really, his appreciation for art and willingness to help people learn to push past their resistance in the pursuit of art... He's way ahead of his time, actually, this idea that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a virtuoso. You don't have to be this per, you know, this Michelangelo. You can just start trying. That is the core belief behind creating anything, and specifically art, is just begin. You know, we, we're always trying to inspire others because I know from my pursuits coming from the business world, I had no theater background. I had no uh, background with acting, but I got into it. I just began. I took, I did student uh, run films and I became sort of like a, just a, a nobody who wanted to play more and have fun. And he's encouraging that. And of course, he's um, since long passed away, but his um, message can remain true for us today. You don't have to be an expert. You don't need divine creative inspiration. You can just start today. And that doesn't have to be painting. It can be dance. It can be so many different things. But you can start today and you can uh, kind of go back to that inner child we're all trying to unearth who just wants to play and create. Let me tell you something. You'll be a better version of yourself if you can take anything from Bob Ross and start creating it, whether it's to sell something, whether it's for your own joy or to teach your grandkids or your son or whoever, that they also have an artist within them. It's important we continue to share that, especially in a world where, you know, we're all trying to replicate other people's things. Do this trend. Do that trend. You got to do this to go viral. You got to do that. Try to find a way to dance like nobody's watching. And Bob Ross did just that. And good luck to everyone out there who feels any sort of inspiration from Bob Ross to unearth and release the inner artist. All right, I'm going to unearth and release some drama. So Michael A. from Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelor was accused of basically scamming people two years ago. And I've got my full response. I'm going to play like 70% of it, but I've got my full response on YouTube. Uh, now, this is the first time he's talking on a podcast, Jason Tartik's Trading Secrets, but he shares exactly what happened, how much money he actually made, and why he wasn't scamming anyone at all. Now, the people that accused him of scamming and, and, and sort of disparaged his character, uh, realbachelorjobs.com, their site has since gone private, whether it's because they're getting sued or whether or not they decided to no longer pursue this uh, sort of uh, vigilanteism that they have here, keeping influencers honest. I'm not too sure, but either way, let's hear what Michael had to say on Jason Tartik's podcast. There's an article out there about uh, the fact that you 
worked with your distribution to then get into the PPE space. Oh yeah. And there's a writer who is criticizing you. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Big time of taking advantage of price gouging during this time where people needed these supplies. Yeah. At Trading Secrets, we talk about money and we talk about how businesses work and operate and, and all of the logistics behind it. I feel like it's a good time to at least address that. Like, yeah. What, what's your take on that? Is that article misleading? If so, why? Yeah, I mean, I remember this, you know, this site created this article. Um, they went on uh, my distribution company's website. Okay. And if you look at the, if you Google Real Bachelor Jobs, you'll get snippets of what was said here. Um, but when you click on it, it leads to nothing here. So uh, uh, you'll see that they say, we're fine that Michael never got back to us because he shared enough to make us realize that we weren't going to get explanations that made sense. When he did get back to them, they never responded to him, according to what Michael has to say. If they have any other information, we're happy to hear about it. And they compared the PPE that we were selling, okay. the prices during the height of the pandemic to pre-pandemic pricing. Okay. So as we all know, supply yeah. and demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We didn't even want to get into the PPE business. Okay. We were approached by hosp local hospitals and you know first responders and frontline people because their tier one suppliers were not able to distribute to them. So we were placing large bulk POs, drop shipping them directly to them. So we weren't even hoarding supplies whatsoever. And what was really frustrating about that article was if that person had just, you know, reached out to me before publishing it, yeah. I would have given them everything. Okay. And I actually, in August of last year, I reached back out to them and I said, you know, let me know and I'll send you some some stuff. Yeah. You know, clear the air. It never got back to me. So they go on your website though. They so which is it? They're claiming he never got back to them and he's claiming they never got back to him. Now, uh, it's good that this information's out there. If, you know, assuming, I don't know if realbachelorjobs.com is a, a group of lawyers or journalists. I'm not really sure who they are or if they even still operate. Uh, but it would be nice after they put all that information out there. You know, it's like farting in an elevator. At least admit you were the one who farted. Put the information out there. Even if Michael is responding eight months later than you would have liked, now let's have a conversation here. You know, clear the air. And if you're wrong, issue an apology and try to let everybody know. The problem is, and here's the problem that I have. So he was dragged through Reddit and all these places. I have yet to see anybody now sharing his side. I've yet to see anyone who's called him a PPP scammer, who's called him this, who called him that, to say, well, here's his response. No, we're too busy being excited to believe the initial report. And then we move on to the next bit of chaos here. There's just never follow through with these stories. And when the follow through happens, it's too little too late. That you're selling these products. How would they use the word hoarding? Like how would they know what your supply they don't. was? I mean, if you were to look at the article, yeah. um, they don't have enough information to even make this kind of claim. And one that is like something that goes against every... So whether he was accused of hoarding or price gouging, he was saying basically he was drop shipping, which means uh, if there's a uh, mask company in China that wants to sell something for $20 per unit, he says, oh, I got a guy who'll buy it for 22 and then Michael takes the $2, right? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Thing in my like body. Yeah. My, I mean, I, I would never do something like that. It, you can't 
accuse somebody of price gouging if you don't know what they're buying it for. That's a good point. And we weren't That's a good point. we weren't selling like sanitizer and face masks before. So we never pretended to be like the lowest cost no, provider. And also there were tons of other uh, places in the marketplace where you could go purchase this. We weren't yeah. like hoarding that. We weren't 3M. Well, the one thing you know? too is I know a little bit about this business. If the hospitals had their primary, So then they basically share that hospitals also do their due diligence to search for the best price. And while he says he didn't sell PPP or PPE products before, he did run a distribution company. So that's, I mean, there was expertise there. This this wasn't just some guy who says, oh, I want to get uh, get rich quick during the pandemic he actually shares how little money he actually made yeah yeah ab absolutely and on top of that what was really difficult at that time and anybody in this space could understand this was shipping rates uh international shipping rates so we were having these uh things drop shipped from you know some asian manufacturing places we were trying to make sure that they weren't like counterfeit and that they were true you know uh, certified up to medical grade masks and things like that. Yeah. All right. And then they're going to get into the PPP loan issue, which uh, he actually says he did take it alone. We'll get, to, we'll have that in a second. Um, you know, like Akron general hospital, children's hospital, because we had a distribution company that did primarily clothing, yeah. we had those kind of connections with overseas warehouses. Yeah. A lot of warehouses overseas during the pandemic, they revamped their lines. They stopped making clothes, okay. and they started all doing, uh, you know, masks and and things like that. And some of our best contacts over there started doing it too. So for me, it felt like an opportunity to, I don't know, like help out. Yeah. I mean, it felt like we could actually do something. It was a line extension. It wasn't yeah. our business right. plan. It was right. just if we can do it, then we should. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, no, that was really it. that was really it. And honestly, it was like if we can cover our costs, make a f make some bucks off it, cool. But we yeah. weren't even able. Yeah. We weren't even able to do that. Okay, COVID, like this COVID two There's a lot of like talk about it coming back around. Knowing what you know now, would you probably steer clear? Oh, away? I wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't touch it. I yeah. wouldn't touch okay. it. And I'm and I think people learned a lot during COVID. Okay, um, just on the importance of you know supply chain. Okay. You know, and having and uh, I and I've said this too about the pandemic. One one lesson we haven't quite learned, and, and and we're working on it politically, is to bring jobs back to the U.S. We've made it so that we outsource so many jobs, which are essentially done on child slave labor. You know, we've made it so that we outsource the whole fashion world. I'm sure everything I'm wearing is outsourced to Bangladesh or China, places that don't have as strict labor laws. We need we really need to come to terms with making stuff back in the U.S., uh, not just for pride in the U.S., but for, for to boost the economy and to know that if there is an issue, like we've got Detroit, right? This city that we just let go to shit. I love Detroit, but but truly, uh, you know, there's so many just houses that you you drive by there, you know, the, the roof's not, you know, missing. It's, it's, it's it, the, the city's a disaster. Uh, Flint, Michigan doesn't have good drinking water. We need to revamp a lot of these old factory spaces that we lost due to automation and overseas and have them be 
be storage for future pandemic issues, for future uh, issues of, uh, of, of any, any natural emergencies and things like that, FEMA uh, storage. Like we need to better uh, provide our country with issues if there is another supply. I mean, imagine if we went to war with China. Imagine how we would just be cut off from, from this crazy supply chain of baby food formula and all these other things. Like we need to better protect ourselves and not just worry about, well, these, this roll of toilet paper saves me 75 cents. Like, yeah, it'll be a lot more money. Uh, but if it's, if, you know, you get the whole point. Okay. So let's go to the PPP loan issue here. We hear them talking about um, price gouging and PPP loans. Crazy stuff. Yeah. The whole pandemic was nuts. The one thing when people talk about like, just like any type of gouging or advantage taking, the, um, I still 2023, the thing I hear the most that just makes me sick is the amount of money that some business owners got for the PPP yeah. that weren't qualified for Correct. And of course, we've already covered that ad nauseum, some may say. Some people in the Bachelor Nation who used their PPP loan money for the wrong reasons. Some people that used it while having second homes and extra cars and this and that. It's well documented, our exposure of those different grifts. But right here... Credit where it's due, if there's no proof, if there's no hard evidence that Michael did something super nefarious, then I think the people that called him out should either issue some sort of retraction or at least be present and not be private so that they can, you know, uh, clarify any issues or cross-examine that or whatever. But either way, uh, this is a, a good example of one of those stories that gets a lot of traction when it was first breaks a couple years ago. And now when it's settled and resolved... Um, no one's listening, you know what I mean? And the people that initially believed the report will continue, and that's the state of journalism in 2023. All right, well, until tomorrow, we'll have more content on your autumnal equinox. It'll be a fun one, a fun Friday ahead. In the meantime, that'll be it for me today. I hope everyone got home and is being safe out there, getting ready for Halloween and all the other things that are right around the corner. We'll be back later. As always, I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.